Hello and welcome to All Things Plantagenet. My name is Donnie Hazel and I am your host. To all my original listeners, welcome back. To all my new listeners, welcome. If you enjoy the podcast and wish to support this show, you can help support it by clicking on the support link in the description of any episode. I have also created a website, www.allthingsplantagenet.com where you can find additional information and resources, as well as the episodes for this podcast. There is also a link on the website to the Facebook page for All Things Plantagenet. Okay, so now on to the show. What the devil hast thou to do with the time of the day? Unless hours were cups of sack, and minutes capons, and clocks the tongues of boards, and dials the signs of leaping houses, and the blessed sun himself, a fair hot wench in flame-coloured taffeta, I see no reason why thou shouldst be so superfluous to demand the time of the day. My liege, the noble Mortimer leading the men of Herefordshire to fight against the irregular and wild Glendower, was by the rude hands of that Welshman taken. A thousand of his people butchered, 
upon his dead corpses of such misuse, such beastly, shameless transformation by those Welsh women done, as may not be without much shame retold or spoken of. It seems then that the tidings of this boil break off our business for the Holy Land. This matter with others does, my gracious lord. For more uneven and unwelcome news comes from the north, and thus it does import. The gallant Hotspur there, young Harry Percy, and the brave Douglas, that ever valiant and approved Scot, at home did met, where they did spend a sad and bloody hour. As by discharge of their artillery and shape of likelihood, the news is told. For he that brought it in the very heat and pride of their contention did take horse, uncertain of the issue any way. Yeah is a dear, a true, industrious friend. Sir Walter Blunt hath brought us welcome news. The Earl of Douglas is discomforted. <laughs> 10,000 bold Scots, 220 knights, balked in their own blood, did Sir Walter see. Oh, of prisoners. What spare took Mordake, the Earl of Fife, the Earls of Attle, of Murray, Angus, and Monteith. Well, is not this an honourable spoil? <laughs> a gallant prize, I cover it enough. It is a conquest for a prince to boast of. Yeah. Yeah. There thou makest me sad, makest me sin in envy that my Lord Northumberland should be the father to so blessed a son. Whilst I, by looking on the praise of him, see riot and dishonor stain the brow of my young Harry. Oh, that it can be proved that some night-tripping fairy did exchange in cradle clothes our children where they lay. And called mine Percy, his Plantagenet. Then would I have his Harry, and he mine. But I prithee, sweet wag, shall there be gallows standing in England when thou art king? Do not thou, when thou art king, hang a thief. Ah, uh, no, thou shalt. Oh, shall I? Ram, by the Lord, I'll be a brave judge. Well, that is false already. I mean, thou shalt have the hanging of the thieves, and so become a rare hangman. Well, how well. Oh. And in some sort, it jumps in my humours. Mm. Well as waiting in the court, I can tell you. But I pretty trouble me no more with vanity. I would to God thou and I knew where a commodity of good names were to be bought. Mm -hmm. An old lord of the council rated me the other day in the street about you, sir. Mm. But I marked him not. Uh. And yet he talked very wisely. But I regarded him not. Yeah. And yet he talked wisely. <laughs> and in the street, too. <laughs> thou didst well. For wisdom cries out in the street, and no man regards it. Oh, let him from my thoughts. Mm. Ah, what think you, cuz, of this young Percy's pride? The prisoners which he in this adventure hath surprised, to his own use he keeps, and sends me word I shall have none but Mordake, Earl of Fife. <laughs> 
Ah, this is his uncle's teaching. This is Worcester. Malevolent to you in all aspects. Which makes him prune himself and bristle up the crest of youth against your dignity. Well, we will send for him to answer this. Thou hast done much harm upon me, Hal. God forgive thee for it. Before I knew thee, Hal, I knew nothing. <laughs> now am I if a man should speak truly. Little better than one of the wicked. <laughs> I must give over this life. And I will give it over by the Lord. And I do not. I'm a villain. Where should we take a purse tomorrow, Jack? Soon, where thou wilt, lad. I'll make one. And I do not call me villain and baffle me. I see a good amendment of life in thee, from praying to purse-taking. Why, how? Tis my vocation, how? Tis no sin for a man to labour in his vocation. Ah, hey, good morning, then. Mm, good morrow, sweet. Oh, what says Sir John Stackham Shocker? <laughs> now, tomorrow morning, by four o'clock, there are pilgrims going to Canterbury with rich offerings and traders riding to London. If you will go, I will stuff your purses full of crowns. If you will not, tarry at home and be hanged. Hear ye, Edward, if I tarry at home and go not, I'll hang you for going. You will, you will chop! How hmm? will that make one? You are rob. I a thief. Not I by my faith. There's neither honesty, man, nor good fellowship in thee, nor thou camest not of the blood royal if thou darest not stand for ten shillings. Well, then, once in my days I'll be a madcap. That's well said. Well, come what will, I'll tarry at home. Uh, by the Lord, I'll be a traitor then when thou art king. I care not. I will lay him down such reasons for this adventure that he shall go. Well, God give you the spirit of persuasion. And him the ears of property. <laughs> Farewell, thou latter spring. <laughs> now, my good sweet honey lord, ride with us tomorrow. I have a jest to execute that I cannot manage alone. Falstaff, Bardolf, Peter shall rob these men, yourself and I will not be there. When they have the booty, if you and I do not rob them, cut this head off from my shoulders. Yea, but tis like they will know us by our habits and by every other appointment to be ourselves. I have buckram cloaks to mask our noted outward garments. Yea, but they will be too hard for us. Well, for two of them, I know them to be as true bed cowards as ever turned ah. back. And for the third, if he fights longer than he sees reason, I'll forswear arms. The virtue of this jest will be the incomprehensible lies the same fat rogue will tell us when we meet at supper. <laughs> Provide us all things necessary, and meet me here tomorrow night. Farewell. Farewell, my lord. I know you all. And will a while uphold the unyoked humour of your idleness. Yet herein will I imitate the sun. He doth permit the base, contagious clouds to smother up his beauty from the world. And when he please again to be himself, being wanted, he may be more wondered at by breaking through the foul and ugly mists of vapors that had seemed to strangle him. If all the year were playing holidays, to sport would be as tedious as to work. But when they seldom come, they wished for come. 
and nothing pleaseth but rare accidents. So when this loose behavior I throw off and pay the debt I never promise it, by how much better than my word I am, by so much shall I falsify men's hopes. And like bright metal on a sullen ground, my reformation, glittering o'er my fault, shall show more goodly and attract more eyes than that which hath no foil to set it off. I'll so offend, to make offense a skill, redeeming time when men think least I will. Our blood has been too cold and temperate, unapt to stir at these indignities. So have you found us, for accordingly you tread upon our patience. But be sure, I will from henceforth rather be myself mighty and to be feared than my condition which hath been smooth as oil, soft as young down, and therefore lost that title of respect which the proud soul near pays but to the proud. Avalas, my sovereign liege! Little deserves this scourge of greatness to be used on it. That same greatness which our own hands have helped to make so portly. My lord. Worcester, get thee gone. For I do see danger and disobedience in thine eye. My lord. Oh, sir, your presence here is too bold and peremptory. And majesty might never yet endure the moody frontier of a servant brow. You have good leave to leave us. When we need your use and counsel, we will send for you. You were about to speak. Yea, my good lord. Those prisoners in your highness' name demanded, which Harry Percy here at Homden took, were, as he says, not with such strength denied as is delivered to your majesty. No. Either envy, therefore, or misprision is guilty of this fault, and not my son. My liege, I did deny no prisoners. <laughs> but I remember when the fight was done, when I was dry with rage and extreme toil, breathless and faint, leaning upon my sword, came there a certain lord, neat and trimly dressed, fresh as a bridegroom, and his chin new reaped, short like a stubble land at harvest home, and with many Holiday in lady terms, he questioned me. Amongst the rest, demanded my prisoners in your majesty's behalf. I then, all smarting with my wounds being called to be so pestered with a popinjay, out of my grief and my impatience, answered neglectingly, I know not what. He should or he should not. For he made me mad to see him shine so brisk and smell so sweet and talk so like a waiting gentlewoman of guns and drums and wounds. God, save the mark. <laughs> and telling me the sovereign's thing on earth was Palmer for an inward bruise. <laughs> but for these vile guns, he would himself have been a soldier. <laughs> this bald, unjointed chat of his, my lord, I answered indirectly, as I said, and I beseech you, let not his report come current for an accusation betwixt my love and your High Majesty. 
the circumstance considered, good my lord. Whatever Lord Harry Percy then had said to such a person and in such a place at such a time, with all the rest retold, may reasonably die and never rise to do him wrong, or anyway impeach what then he said. So he unsay it now. Whereas he doth deny his prisoners, but with proviso and exception that we at our own cost shall ransom straight his brother-in-law of foolish Mortimer. to ransom home revolted Mortimer. Revolted Mortimer! Sir! He never did fall off, my sovereign liege, but by the chance of war. To prove that from his normal... Let me not speak of Mortimer. Send me your prisoners by the speediest means, or you shall hear in such a kind for us as will displease you. My Lord Northumberland, we license your departure with your son. Send us your prisoners, or you will hear of it. And if the devil come and roar for them, I will not send you! I will have to straight and tell him so, for I will ease my heart, albeit I make a hazard of my head. One drunk with colour. Stay and pause a while. Here comes your uncle. Speak of Mortimer? Soon as I will speak of him, and let my soul want mercy if I do not join with him! Brother, the king hath made your nephew mad. Who struck this heat up after I was gone? He will forsooth have all my prisoners. And when I urged the ransom once again of my wife's brother, then his cheek looked pale, and on my face he turned an eye of death, trembling even at the name of Mortimer. I cannot blame him. Was not he proclaimed by Richard the Geddes, the next of blood? He was. I heard the proclamation. Nay, then I cannot blame his cousin king that wished him on the barren mountain starve. But shall it be that you that set the crown upon the head of this forgetful man shall be fooled, discarded and sugar? Say no more. Now I will unclasp a secret book unto your quick. Conceiving discontents, I'll read you matter deep and dangerous. Send danger from the east and to the west. So honour cross it from the north to south, and let them grapple. Imagination of some great exploit drives him beyond the bounds of patience. By heaven, methinks it were an easy leap to pluck bright honour from the pale-faced moon. He apprehends a world of figures here, another form of what he should attend. A good cousin, give me audience for a while. I cry you mercy. Those same noble Scots that are your prisoners. Not keep them all. By God, he shall not have a shot of them! Just start away and lend no ear unto my purposes. Those prisoners you shall keep. Yeah, I will. That's flat. Here, you cousin, a word. All studies here. I solemnly defy, save how to gall and pinch this thankless king and that same sword and buckler, Prince of Wales. Farewell, cousin. I'll talk to you and your better temper to attend. Why, what a wasp's tongue and impatient fool art thou to break into this woman's mood? 
tying thine ear to no tongue but thine own. I have done it, Faith. Then once more to your Scottish prisoners. Deliver them up without their ransom straight, and make the Douglas's son your only mean for powers in Scotland. You, my lord, your son in Scotland being thus employed, shall secretly into the bosom creep of that same noble prelate, well beloved, the Archbishop of York, the Lord Scroop. I speak not this in estimation of what I think might be, but what I know is ruminated, plotted, and set down. I smell it. Upon my life, it will do well! Before the game is afoot, thou still let slip! Why, oh, it cannot choose to be a noble plot. And then the power of Scotland and of York to join with Mortimer, huh? Come, shelter, shelter! <laughs> I've removed his horse. And he frets like a gummed velvet. Foot a while and ease our legs. Now then, for it. Pity him. Mm. 
I could be well contented to be there, in respect of the love I bear your house. He could be contented. Why is he not, then? In respect of the love he bears our house? He shows in this he loves his own barn better than he loves our house. The purpose you undertake is dangerous. Why, that's certain. It is dangerous to take a cold, to sleep, to drink. But I tell you, my old fool, out of this nettle, danger, we pluck this flower. Safety! The purpose you undertake is dangerous. The friends you have named, uncertain. The time itself, unsorted. And your whole plot, too light to compete with so great an opposition. Say you so. I say you are a shallow, cowardly hind and you lie. What brain is this? Our plot is a good plot as ever was laid. Our friends, true and constant. A good plot, good friends, and full of expectation. An excellent plot, very good friends. What a frosty-spirited rogue is this. Ah, oh, I went out by this rascal. I can brain him with his lady's fan. What a pagan rascal is this. Hang him. How now, Kate? I must leave you within these two hours. For what offence have I this fortnight been a banished woman from thy Harry's bed? Tell me, sweet lord, what is that takes from thee thy stomach, pleasure, and thy golden sleep? Why dost thou bend thine eyes upon the earth and start so often when thou sitst alone? In thy faint slumbers I by thee have watched and heard thee murmur tales of iron wars and all the currents of a heady fight. Thy spirit within thee hath been so at war and thus hath so bestirred thee in thy sleep that beads of sweat have stood upon thy brow like bubbles in a late disturbed stream. Some heavy business hath my lord in hand, and I must know it, else he loves me not. What ho? Is Gilliam's with the packet gone? He is, my lord, an hour ago. Hath Butler brought those horses from the sheriff? One horse, my lord. Uh, he brought even now. What horse? The roan. A crop here, is it not? It is, my lord. Ah, roan shall be my throne. Bid Butler lead him forth into the park. But hear you, my lord. What sayest thou, my lady? What is it carries you away? Why, my horse, my lord, my horse. Out, you mad-headed ape. A weasel hath not such a deal of spleen as you are tossed with. In faith, I'll know thy business, Harry, that I will. I fear my brother Mortimer doth stir about his title and have sent for you to line his enterprise. But if you go... So far afoot, I shall be weary, Lord. Come, come, you parakeeto. Answer me directly unto this question that I ask. In faith, I'll break thy little finger, Harry, and if thou wilt not tell me all this is true... The way! The way, you trifler! Love! I love thee not. I care not for thee, Kate. This is no world to play with mammoths and to tilt with lips. We must have bloody noses and cracked crowns and pass them current too. Got me, my horse! What sayest thou, Kate? Hmm? What wouldst thou have with me? Do you not love me? Do you not indeed? Well, do not then, for since you love me not, I will not love myself. Do you not love me? Nay, tell me if you speak in jest or no. Come, will thou see me ride? And when I'm on horseback, I will swear I love thee infinitely. But hark you, Kate, I must not have you henceforth question me whither I go, nor reason whereabout. Whither I must, I must. And to conclude, this evening must I leave you, gentle Kate. I know you wise but yet no farther wise than Harry Percy's wife. Constant you are, but yet a woman. And for secrecy, no lady closer. 
for I well believe thou wilt not utter what thou dost not know. And so far will I trust thee, gentle Kit. How? So far? Not an inch further. But hark you, Kit. Whither I go, thither shall you go too. Today will I set forth, tomorrow you. Will this content you, Kit? It must have forth. Four blockheads among three or four score hogsheads. I'm sworn brother to release of taps and can call them all by their Christian names as Tom, Dick, and Francis! <laughs> I am so proficient in one quarter of an hour that I can drink with any tinker in his own language. <laughs> Come on, you. Hey! Mm. A sweet name. To sweeten which name of Ned? I give thee this penny worth of sugar. <laughs> Clapped even now into my hand by an underskinker. One that never spake other English in his life than. And then an answer! <laughs> to drive away the time till Falstaff come. Do thou stand in some byron while I question my puny drawer to what end he gave me the sugar. And do thou never leave calling Francis! That his tell to me may be nothing but anon. <laughs> Francis! Oh, no, 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 perfect. No, uh, uh, Francis! Anon, anon, sir. Come here, Francis. My lord. How long hast thou to serve, Francis? Oh, um. Forsooth, uh. Five years? And as much as to say, uh. Francis! Uh, non, sir! Five years is a long lease for the clinking of pewter. But, Francis, darest thou be so valiant as to play the coward with thy indenture and run from it? Lord, sir, I'll be sworn upon all the books in England! Francis! If I could, oh, anon, sir! How old that thou, Francis? Uh, oh, um, let me see about, um, Michaelmas next. Francis! Anon, sir! Pray stay a little. My lord, neighbour to hark you, Francis, the, the sugar thou gavest me. It was uh, a penny worth, was not? No, oh, Lord, sir, I would it were two. I will give thee for it a thousand pound. Ask me when thou wilt, and thou shalt have it. Francis! Uh, 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 non, a non! A non, Francis? No, Francis, but tomorrow, Francis, or, or Francis on Thursday, or indeed, Francis, when thou wilt. But, Francis. What, uh, my lord? Wilt thou rob this leathern jerkin? Crystal button, knock pated, agate ring, puke stocking, caddis garter, smooth tongue, Spanish pouch. Oh, Lord, who do you mean? Francis! Francis! Oh, away, you rogue! Just thou not hear them call! Stand this still still and here is such a calling! Look to the guests within! My lord, mm -hmm. old Sir John with half a dozen more are at the door. Shall I let them in? Open the door. <laughs> uh, uh, not an answer. <laughs> uh, what's uh, what, what, what's the clock? 
Francis? Uh, no, 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 sir. <laughs> <laughs> Yet a curse is mine. Mm. The hot spur of the north. Mm. He that kills me, son. Six or seven dozen of Scots at a breakfast. Washes his hands and says to his wife, Fire upon this quiet life. I want work. <laughs> oh, my sweet Aaron, says she. How many hast thou killed today? Some fourteen, he answers. <laughs> an hour after. <laughs> oh! Hey, Jack. Where hast thou been? Ah, a plague of all cowards, I say. And a vengeance too, Marion, our men. Give me a cup of sack, boy. Plague of all cowards. Give me a cup of sack, rogue! Is there no virtue extant? Go thy ways, old Jack. Die when thou wilt. If manhood, good manhood, be not forgot upon the face of the earth, then I'm a shot and herring. There live not three good men unhanged in England, and one of them is fat. And grows old. Bad world, I say. Plague of all cowards, I say still. Come now, Wilsack. What matter you? A king's son, you, Prince of Wales. You horsing around, man. What's the matter? Are not you a coward? Answer me to that. At point there. Can you call me coward and I'll stab I call thee coward. I'll see thee damned ere I call thee coward, but I'd give a thousand pounds I could run as fast as thou canst. <coughs> What's the, what's the matter? What's the matter? There be three of us here obtain a thousand pound this day morning. What? Well, where is it, Jack? Where is it? Where is it? Taken from us it is. A hundred upon poor three of us. What, a hundred, man? I've escaped by miracle. I'm eight times thrust through the doublet. Fall through the hose, my buckler. Cut through and through. My sword hacked like a handsaw. Okay, signum. Playable coward. Oh, speak, sirs, how was it? <clears throat> we three set upon some dozen. The sixteen, please, my lord. And bound. No, no, they were not bound. They were bound, everybody. And, and then, and then, and then. Sharing some six or seven freshmen self on us and unbound the rest, and then come in the other. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, I don't know what you call all, but if I fought not with um, 50 of them, <laughs> uh, I'm a bunch of radish. Pray God you've not murdered some of them, mm. have you? I suppose, praying for. I've peppered two of them. Two, I'm sure I paid. Two rogues and buckram cloaks killed them all. You know, I tell you a lie. Spit in my face. Call me a horse. Mm -hmm. Four rogues in buckram cloaks. Let drive at me. What for? I said but two even now. Four, Hal, I told you four. Aye, aye, he uh, said four. These four came all affront, mainly thrust at me, and made me no more ado but took all their seven points in my tarje. Seven? Thus, yeah. uh, <laughs> there were but four even mm. now. Uh, in buckram? Uh, aye, aye, four in buckram cloaks. Seven, or I'm a villain else. Pretty. If you let him alone, we shall have more and on. Does I hear me how? Aye. And mark thee too, Jack. Do, sir. But it's worth listening to. These nine in Buckram that I told you. So to more already. Their points being broken. Down fell their hose. Began to give me ground. <laughs> but I followed me close, came in, foot and hand, and with a thought, seven of the eleven I paid. <laughs> Monstrous. <laughs> eleven Buckram men grown out of two. <laughs> but 
Yeah. As the devil would have it. Three misbegotten knaves in Kendall Green came at my back and let drive at me, for it was so dark I couldn't see their hand. These lies are like their father that begets them, gross as a mountain. <laughs> Clay brain guts. Thou naughty pated fool. Orson, obscene, greasy, tallow cat. Oh, thou man! And our man's on the truth, the truth! Why, how couldst thou know these men in Kendall Green when it's so dark? Thou couldst not see thy hand. <laughs> Come on, tell us your reason. What sayest thou to this? Come, your reason, Jack. Huh? Your reason. Well, upon compulsion. Uh -huh. Soon and I wrote the strapada, all the racks in the world, I will not tell you on compulsion. I'll be no longer guilty of this sin. This sanguine coward, hey! this bed presser, this horseback breaker, this huge hill of flesh. Stop you! Starveling! You dried neat's tongue, you bull's pizzle! You stockfish! Of a breath to utter what is like thee! You tailor's yard, you sheep, you bowcase, you vile standing cuck! <laughs> well, 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 breathe a while and then do it again. Let hear me speak but this. Mark, Jack. <clears throat> we two saw you three set on two. Mark now how a plain tale shall put you down. Then did we two set on you three, and Falstaff, you carried your guts away as nimbly <laughs> with as quick dexterity and roared and still run and roared as ever I heard Falstaff <laughs> to hack thy sword and say it was a What trick canst thou now find out to hide thee from this open and apparent shame? Come, come, let's, let's hear, Jack. What trick hast thou now? By the Lord, I knew ye as well as he that made ye! <laughs> upon the true prince while thou knowest I'm as valiant as Hercules. <laughs> <laughs> Beware instinct, the lion will not touch the true prince. <laughs> oh, instinct is a great matter. I was now a coward of instinct. By the Lord, lads, I'm glad you have the money. My lord, the prince. There's a nobleman of the court at door would speak with you. He says he comes from your father. Uh, give him as much as will make him a royal man and send it back again to my mother. What manner of man is he? <laughs> An old man. Well, the gravity out of his bed at midnight. Shall I give him his answer? <laughs> you pretty do, Ned. Yeah, faith, send him packing. <laughs> now, sir, by your lady, you fought fair. <laughs> You're lions, too. <laughs> you ran away upon instinct. You will not touch the true prince. No, fine. No, <laughs> I ran when I saw others run. <laughs> <laughs> How came... Falstaff's sword so hacked. Why, he hacked it with his dagger. <laughs> <laughs> he told us 
to tickle our noses with spear grass to make them bleed, and then beslubber our clothes with <laughs> I blushed to hear his monstrous devices. Oh, villain. <laughs> thou stolest a copper sack 18 years ago, and ever since thou hast blushed extemporary. <laughs> Heart of gold, shall we be married? Villainous news abroad. Here was Sir John Bracy from your father. The Earl of Worcester is stolen away tonight. Thy father's beard is turned white with the news. Shall we have a play? Extempore. Hmm? Thou will be horribly chid tomorrow when thou comes to thy father. If thou love me, practice an answer. Do thou stand for my father and examine me upon the particulars of my life. Shall I? Content! Yeah! <laughs> this chair shall be my state! <laughs> this dagger my scepter! <laughs> this cushion! My crown! Give me a cup of sack! <laughs> to make my eyes look red. <laughs> then it made me thought I wept. For I'm a speaking passion. I not only marvel where thou spendest thy time, but also how thou art accompanied. The father, how he holds his kids. For God's sake, Lord, convey my tristful queen for tears to stop the floodgates of our eyes. Son, I have partly thy mother's word, partly my own opinion, but chiefly a villainous trick of thine eye and a foolish hanging of thy nether lip that doth warrant me. If then thou be son to me, here lies the point. <laughs> Why, being son to me, art thou so pointed at? <laughs> there is a thing, Harry, which thou hast often heard of, and it is known to many, by the name of pitch. This pitch, as ancient writers do report, doth defile. So doth the company thou keepest. Whoa! And yet, there is a virtuous man whom I've often noted in thy company, but I, I know not his name. 
Uh, what manner of man and like your majesty? A, a goodly, portly man, with faith and a corpulent, with a cheerful look, a pleasing eye, and a most noble carriage, and as I think his age, some 50. <laughs> my lady inclining to threescore. What now? I remember me. His name is. <laughs> if that man be lewdly given, he deceiveth me. For Harry, I see virtue in his looks. Him keep with the rest. Baggish. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Dost thou speak like a king? Do thou stand for me, and I'll play my father. Oppose me. Judge my masters. <laughs> now, Harry, whence come you? My noble lord from East Complaints I hear of thee are grievous. Splat, my lord, they are false. There is a devil haunts thee in the likeness of an old fat man. A ton of man is thy companion. Why dost thou converse with that trunk of humours, that bolting hutch of beastliness, that swollen parcel of dropsies, that huge bombard of suck, that stuffed cloak bag of guts, that roasted manning tree ox, that grey iniquity, that father ruffian, that vanity in years. Wherein is he good but to taste sack and drink it? Wherein neat and clever but to carve a capon and eat it? Wherein cunning but in craft? Wherein crafty? but in villainy, wherein villainous, but in all things, wherein worthy, but in nothing. I would your grace would take me with you, who means your grace? <laughs> that villainous, abominable misleader of youth. Oh, my lord, the man I know. I know that. But to say I know more harm in him than in myself, or to say more than I know. That he is old, the more the pity his white hairs do witness it. But that he is, saving your reverence, a whoremaster that I utterly deny. If sack and sugar be a fault, God help the wicked. If to be old and merry be a sin, there's many an old host that I know is damned. If to be fat be to be hated, then Pharaoh's lean kine are to be loved. Oh, my good lord. Oh, oh, banish 
Tito, man is barred. But for sweet Jack Falstaff, kind Jack Falstaff, true Jack Falstaff, valiant Jack Falstaff, and therefore the more valiant being as he is, old Jack Falstaff, banished on him by Harry's company. Banished on him by Harry's company. Banished plump Jack and Banish all the world. <laughs> I do. I will. My lord. My lord. My lord. <laughs> The sheriff with the most monstrous watch is at the door. Uh, the flare of the flame! The monster say in the bottom of that false stuff. Come on! My lord, my lord! They are come to search the house! For a true face and good conscience. Both which I have had, but their date is out, and therefore I'll hide me. Ah, my lord. Master Sheriff, uh, <clears throat> what is your will with me? First, pardon me, my lord. A hue and cry hath followed certain men unto this house. What men? One of them is well known, my gracious lord. A gross, fat man. As fat as butter. <laughs> ah! Ah! Uh, the man, I do assure you, is not here, for I myself at this time have employed him. And, Sheriff, I will engage my word to thee that I will, by tomorrow dinner time, send him to answer thee or any man, for anything he shall be charged with all. And so, let me entreat you. <laughs> Leave the house. I will, my lord. These are two gentlemen have in this robbery lost 300 marks. <clears throat> it may be so. If he have robbed these men, he shall be answerable. And so farewell.
Good night, my noble lord. I think it is good morrow, is it not? Indeed, my lord. I think it be two o'clock. Hark how hard he fetches breath. Search his pockets. Nothing but papers, my lord. Well, let's see what they be. Read them. <clears throat> Item, a capon, two shillings and tuppence. Item, sauce, fourpence. Item, sack, two gallons. Five shillings and eightpence. Item, anchovies and sack after supper, two shillings and sixpence. Item, bread. A halfpenny. Ugh, monstrous. But one halfpenny worth of bread, this intolerable deal of sack. Huh? What there is else keep close, we'll read it at more advantage. There, let him sleep till day. Out of the court. We must alter the wars. So, good morning, Ed. Tomorrow, good my lord. Give us leave. The Prince of Wales and I must have some private conference. No. I 
know not whether God will have it so for some displeasing service I have done, that in his secret doom, out of my blood, he'll breed revengement and a scourge for me to punish my mistreadings. Tell me else, could such inordinate and low desires, such poor, such bare, such lewd, such mean attempts, such barren pleasures, rude society, as thou art mashed withal and grafted to accompany the greatness of thy blood, and hold their level with thy princely heart. So please, your majesty. Thy place in council thou hast rudely lost, which by thy younger brother is supplied, and art almost an alien to the hearts of all the court and princes of my blood. The hope of thy time is ruined, and the soul of every man prophetically doth forthink thy fall. Had I so lavish in my presence been so stale and cheap to vulgar company, opinion that it helped me to the crown had left me in reputeless banishment, a fellow of no mark nor likelihood. By being seldom seen, I could not stir, but like a comet, I was wondered at that men would tell their children, this is he. And then I stole all courtesy from heaven, dressed myself in such humility that I did pluck allegiance from men's hearts, loud shouts and salutations from their mouths. The skipping king, he ambled up and down with shallow jesters and rash bavin wits, mingled his royalty with capering fools, and fiefed himself to popularity. So when he had occasion to be seen, he was but as the cuckoo is in June. Heard, not regarded. And in that very line, Harry, standest thou. For thou hast lost thy princely privilege with vile communication. Not an eye, but is a weary of thy common sight. Save mine, which hath desired to see thee more, and which now doth that I would not have it to make blind itself with foolish tenderness. I shall hereafter, my thrice gracious lord, be more myself. <laughs> For all the world, as thou art to this hour, was Richard then, when I from France set foot at Ravenspur. And even as I was then, is Percy now. He hath more worthy interest to the state than thou, the shadow of succession. For of no right nor colour like to right, he doth fill fields with harness in the realm. And being no more in debt to yours than thou, leads ancient lords and reverend bishops on to bloody battles and to bruising arms. Thrice hath this hotspur, Mars in swaddling clothes, this infant warrior, in his enterprises discomfited great Douglas, tain him once, enlarged him made a friend of him, to fill the mouth of deep defiance up and shake the peace and safety of our crown. But wherefore do I tell these news to thee? Hmm? Why, Harry, do I tell thee of my foes, which art my nearest and dearest enemy? 
Thou that art like enough through vassal fear, base inclination, and the start of spleen to fight against me under Percy's play. Do not think so. You shall not find it so. I will redeem all this on Percy's head, and in the closing of some glorious day, be bold to tell you that I am your son. And that shall be the day, whene'er it lights, that this same child of honor and renown, this gallant hotspur, this all-praised knight, and your unthought-of Harry chance to meet. Then will I make this northern youth exchange his glorious deeds for my indignities. This in the name of God, I promise here. And I will die a hundred thousand deaths ere break the smallest parcel of this vow. A hundred thousand rebels die in this. Sit down, and Uncle Worcester. Ah! Plague upon it, I forgot the map. No, here it is. Sit, Cousin Percy, sit, good Cousin Hotspur. Oh, by that name, as oft as King Henry does mention you, his cheek looks pale, and with a rising sigh he wisheth you in heaven. And you in hell, as oft as he hears all in Glendower spoke of. I cannot blame him. My nativity, the frame and huge foundation of the earth, shaked like a coward. Why, so it would have done at the same season if your mother's cat had put kitten, though yourself had never been born. I say the earth did shake when I was born. And I say the earth was not of my mind. If you suppose this fairy knew it shook. The heavens were all on fire. The earth did tremble. Oh, then the earth shook to see the heavens on fire. And not in fear of your nativity. Cousin. Of many men, I do not bear these crossings. Give me leave to tell you once again that at my birth, the front of heaven was full of fiery shapes. The goats ran from the mountains, and the herds were strangely clamorous to the frightened fields. All these signs mark me extraordinary, and all the courses of my life do show I am not in the role of common men. I think there's no man speaks better Welsh. I'll to dinner. Peace. Cousin Percy, you will make him mad. I can call spirits from the vastly deep. Why, so can I, or so can any man. But will they come when you do call for them? Well, I can teach you, cousin, to dance with the devil. And I can teach thee, cousin, to shame the devil by telling truth. Tell truth and shame the devil. Come, come, no more of this unprofitable chat. Three times hath King Henry made head against my power. Thrice have I sent him bootless home and weather-beaten back. Home without boots and in foul weather, too. How skips he argues in the devil's name. <laughs> Come, here is the map. Shall we divide our right according to our threefold order, Tain? 
The Archdeacon hath divided it into three limits, very equally. Mm. Methinks my moiety north from Burton here in quantity equals not one of yours. See how this river comes me cranking in and cuts me from the best of all my land. It shall not wind with such a deep indent to rob me of so rich a bottom here. Not wind. It shall, it must. You see, it doth. I'll not have it altered. Will not you? No, nor you shall not. Who shall save me? Why, that will I. Let me not understand you then. Speak it in Welsh. I can speak English, Lord, as well as you, for I was trained up in the English court, where, being but young, I framed to the heart many an English ditty lovely well, and gave the tongue a helpful ornament, a virtue that was never seen in you. Marry, and I am glad of it with all my heart. I'd rather be a kitten and cry mew than one of these same meat of ballad mongers. Come, you shall have Trent turned. I do not care! Shall we be gone? The moon shines fair. You may away by night. I'll tell your wives of your departure hence. I'm afraid my daughter will run mad. So much she doteth on her Mortimer. I cannot choose. Some time he angers me with telling me of the mold warp and the ant, of the dream of Merlin and his prophecies, and of a dragon and a finless fish. In faith, he is a worthy gentleman. Shall I tell you, cousin, man is not alive might so have tempted him as you have done without the taste of danger and reproof. Do not use it off. Let me entreat you. In faith, my lord, you are too willful blame. And as your coming hither has done enough to put him quiet beside his patience, you must needs learn, Lord, to amend this fault. Well, I am schooled. Good manners be your speed. Van Calon Vach, a dear and sweet Rathith and Mindivice, a guard, will him more the rabbit. Gadimir Wisco, a mint Gadathi. This is the deadly spite that angers me. My wife can speak no English, and I know Welsh. My daughter weeps. She will not part with you. She'll be a soldier too. She'll to the wars. Good father, tell her that she and my lady Percy shall follow in your conduct speedily. Be thou, Renner. Ready for you, what's up, God? What's he got? Can you lean on our glutes and dim? I'm poor, you're not well, I've no vetto. Oven had got dowchy me wind get a give. Nid us arnai oven, arvallu. She is desperate here. Hedrich van Oilid. Sallamd oven in Flgaid. I understand thy looks. Only well he'd a carry now. Teven cold and gleed. And all the perivath boim. In Erwin arnati i beid you a mint. Such a parley should I answer thee. O tirdi orwedd ar y brwyn. Ar hod y ben, ar fynwes fwyn, ar un a chan i'th blesio di. Yr un sy'n dwy'n fy enw hi, ac ysgan sôn fy nodau hi. She bids you on the wanton rushes lay you down. 
and rest your gentle head upon her lap, and she will sing the song that pleaseth you, and on your eyelids crown the god of sleep. In my heart, I'll sit and hear her sing. By that time, will our book, I think, be drawn? Do so, and those musicians that shall play to you hang in the air a thousand leagues from hence, and straight they shall be here! <laughs> sit and attend. Am I not fallen away vilely since this last action? Do I not dwindle? My well, skin hangs about me like a, an old lady's loose gown. Well, I'll repent. I shall be out of heart shortly, and then I shall have no strength to repent. 
If I have not forgotten the inside of a church, of a peppercorn. The inside of a church. Company. Villainous company have been the death of me. Sir John, you are so fretful you cannot live long. What? There is it. Oh, come, sing me a bawdy song. Make me merry. I was as virtuously given as a gentleman need to be. Virtuous enough. Swore little. Dice not above seven times a week. Went to a boarding house once in a quarter of an hour. <laughs> Paid money that I borrowed three or four times. Lived well and in good compass. And now I'm out of all order, out of all compass. Why, you are so fat, Sir John, that you must needs be out of all compass. Out of all reasonable compass, Sir John. Do thou amend thy face, and I'll amend my life. Hi, Sir John. My face does you no harm. I never see thy face, but I think upon hellfire. <laughs> A good sherry sack hath a twofold operation in it. It ascends me into the brain, dries me there all the foolish and dull and curdy vapours which environ it, makes it apprehensive, quick, full of nimble, fiery and delectable shapes which delivered o'er to the voice, the tongue becomes excellent wit. Second property of your excellent sherry is the warming of the blood, which before cold and settled left the liver White and pale, which is the badge of pusillanimity and cowardice. But the sherry warms it and makes it coarse from the inwards to the parts extreme. It illumineth the face, <laughs> which as a beacon gives warning to all the rest of this little kingdom man to arm, and then the vital commoners and inland petty spirits must be all to their captain, the heart, who, great and puffed up with this retinue, doth any deed of courage. <laughs> and this valour comes of sherry, so that skill in the weapon is nothing without sack, for that sets it to work. And here comes it that Prince Harry is valiant. For the cold blood he did naturally inherit of his father, he hath, like, Lean, sterile, and bare land, manured, husband and tilled with excellent endeavour of drinking, good and good store of fertile sherry, that he's become very hot and valiant. If I had a thousand sons, the first humane principle I would teach them would be to forswear thin potations and to addict themselves. To sack. Hannah, have you inquired yet who picked my pocket? Why, Sir John, what do you think, Sir John? Do you think I keep thieves in my house? <laughs> I have searched, I have inquired, so has my husband. Man by man, boy by boy, servant by servant. The tithe of a hair was never lost in my house before. I'll be sworn my pocket was picked. Go to, you're a woman, go. Who, I? No, I defy thee. God's light, I was never caught so in my own house before. Go to, I know you well enough. 
No, Sir John. You do not know me, Sir John. I know you, Sir John. You owe me money, Sir John, and now you pick a quarrel to beguile me of it. You owe money here, Sir John, for your diet and buy drinkings, and money lent you four and twenty pound. He had his part of it and him pay. He? Alas, he's poor. He had nothing. How poor? Look upon his face. We'll call you rich. Let them coin his nose, let them coin his cheeks. I'll not pay a penny. Shall I not take my ease in mine in, but I shall have my pocket picked? I've lost a seal ring on my grandfather's worth 40 mark. Oh, jeez, you. I've heard the prince tell him I know not how off that ring was copper. How? The prince is a jack, a sneak cup. Since if he were here, I would cut him like a dog if he would say so. Hello, lad! Lad, must we all march? My lord, I pray you hear me. What's there, sir, Mistress Quickly? Good, my lord, hear me. Pretty, let her alone, listen to me. What's there, sir, Jack? The other night, I fell asleep here and had my pocket picked. What didst thou lose, Jack? Would thou believe me, Hal? Three or four bonds of forty pound apiece and a seal ring of my grandfather's. Uh, try for some eight penny matter. So I told him, my lord, and I said I heard your grace say so, and my lord, he speaks most vilely of you, like a foul-mouthed man as he is. And said he would cudgel you. What? He did not. Uh, there's neither faith, truth, nor womanhood in me else. There's no more faith in thee than in a stewed prune. Go, you thing, go. Say, so, what thing? What thing? What thing? Why, a thing to thank God for. I have no thing to thank God for. I would thou shouldst know it. I am an honest man's wife. And setting thy knighthood aside, thou art a knave to call me so. Setting thy womanhood aside, thou art a beast to say otherwise. Say what beast, thou knave, thou? What beast? Why, an otter. An, an otter, Sir John. Why an otter? Why, oh, she's neither fish nor flesh. A man knows not where to have her. Just man in saying so, thou or any man knows where to have me. The knife, thou. Thou sayest true, Mistress Quickly, and he slanders thee most grossly. What, so he doth you, my lord, and said no. this other day, you owe him a thousand pound. Sirrah, do I owe you a thousand pound? A thousand pound? Of a million? Thy love is worth a million, thou owes me thy love. Nay, but my lord, he called you Jack and said he would cudgel you. Did I burn off? Indeed, Sir John, you said so. <laughs> yeah, if he said my ring was copper. I say it is copper. Dost thou be as good as thy word now? How thou knowest, as thou art but man, I dare, but as thou art prince, I fear thee as I fear the roaring of a lion's whelp. And why not as the lion? Well, the king is to be feared as the lion, as I think I shall fear thee as I fear thy father. Sirrah, there's no room for faith, truth, nor honesty in this bosom of thine. It's all filled up with guts and midriff. Charge an honest woman with picking thy pocket? Why, thou horse and impudent rascal. If there were anything in thy pocket but tavern reckonings, memorandums of bawdy houses, and one poor pennyworth of sugar candy to make thee long-winded, then I'm a villain. Art thou not ashamed? Thou knowest in the state of innocency, Adam fell. What should poor Jack Falstaff do in the days of villainy? Thou seest to have more flesh than another man, and therefore more frailty. Ah. You confess, then you pick my pocket. 
appear so by the story. Make ready supper. Love thy husband, look to thy servants, cherish thy guests. Thou shalt find me tractable to any honest reason. Thou seest, I am pacified still. Nay, I pray thee be gone. Now, how to the muse at court for the robbery, lad? How is that answered? <laughs> Oh, my sweet beef, I must still be good angel to thee. The money's paid back again. Huh? Oh, 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 I like not that paying back. It's a double labour. I am good friends with my father and may do anything. Rob me the exchequer, the first thing thou do is to do, my lord. I have procured thee, Jack, a charge of foot. I would have been a horse. Bad off. Go bear this letter to Lord John of Lancaster. <laughs> to my brother John. This to my lord of Westmoreland. Go points to horse. The horse, for thou and I have 30 miles to ride yet ere supper time. Jack, meet me tomorrow in the Temple Hall at two o'clock in the afternoon. The land is burning. Percy stands on high, and either we or they must lower lie. Rare words. Brave world. Get me before the Coventry. Fill me a bottle of sack. Will you give me money for it, Captain? Lay out, lay out. Oh. I'll answer the coinage. Bid my letter to Pito meet me at Townsend. I will, Captain. Farewell. I'm not ashamed of my soldiers. I'm a soused gurnet. I've misused the king's press damnably. I've got, in exchange of 150 soldiers, 300 and odd pounds. I press me none but good householders. Such a commodity of warm slaves as I was leave here, the devil was a drum. They have bought out their services, and now my whole charge consists of slaves as ragged as Lazarus in the painted cloth, the cankers of a calm world and a long peace. A mad fellow met me on the way and told me how they loaded all the gibbets and pressed the dead bodies. The villains march wide betwixt the legs, as if they had shackles on, for indeed, I had the most of them out of prison. How oh, now, blown oh. Jack? What? How? How now, man? Why could the devil decide in Warwickshire? Uh, My good lord of Westland, I cry you mercy. I thought your honour had already been at Shrewsbury. Praise to John, it's more than time that I were there. And you too. My powers are there already. The king, I can tell you, looks for us all. We must away all night. Tut! Never fear me, I'm as vigilant as a cat to steal cream. <laughs> I think to steal cream, indeed. For thy theft, I've already made thee butter. Tell me, Jack, 
Whose fellows are these that come after? Mine, how mine. I did never see such pitiful rascals. Ah, food for powder, food for powder. They'll fill a pit as well as better. Tush, man, mortal men, mortal men. I was a John Mystic. They look exceeding poor and bare. They're too beggarly. They, for their poverty, I don't know what they had that. For their bareness, I'm sure they never learned that of me. Sarah, make haste. Percy is already in the field. Letters come from your father. Why comes he not himself? He cannot come, my lord. He is grievous sick. Zounds! How was he the leisure to be sick in such a rustling time? Who leads his power? His letters bear his mind, not I, my lord. Sick now! Droop now! Sickness doth infect the very lifeblood of our enterprise. <sighs> Yet I would your father had been here. This absence of your father's draws a curtain that shows the ignorant a kind of fear before not dreamt of. You've strained too far. I rather have his absence make this use. It means a luster and more great opinion than if the Earl were here. There is not such a word spoke of in Scotland as this term of fear. <laughs> my cousin Vernon, welcome by my soul. The king himself in person is set forth with strong and mighty preparation. No harm. What more? Where is his son? The nimble-footed madcap, Prince of Wales. The daft the world aside and been in pass. I saw young Harry with his beaver on, his cuisses on his thighs, gallantly armed, rise from the ground like feathered mercury. No more. <laughs> no more. Need I be so forward with him that calls not on me? Well, it is no matter. Honor pricks me on. Yea, but I have honor prick me off when I come on. How then? Can honor set to a leg? No. Or an arm? No. Or take away the grief of a wound? No. Honor hath no skill in surgery then? No. What is honor? A word. What is in that word, honor? What is that honor? Air. A tremor, reckon he. Who hath it? He that died on Wednesday. Doth he feel it? No. Doth he hear it? No. Tis insensible then. Yea, to the dead. But will he not live with the living? No. Why? Detraction will not suffer it. 
therefore are none of it. Honour is a mere scutcheon. Science, my catechism. Fight with him tonight. It may not be. You give him then the advantage. Not a whit. Why say you so? Looks he not for supplies? So do we. Is it certain ours is doubtful? Oh, good cousin, be advised. Stir not tonight. Do not, my lord. You do not counsel well. You speak it out of fear and cold heart. Do me no slander, Douglas. By my life, let it be seen tomorrow in the battle which of us fears. Yea. Or tonight. Content. Tonight, say I. Come, come, it may not be. I wonder much, being men of such great leading as you are, that you foresee not what impediments drag back our expedition. Certain horse of my cousin are not yet come up. Your uncle Worcester's came but today, and now their pride and mettle is asleep, that not a horse is half the half of himself. So are the horses of the enemy. A number of the king exceedeth ours, for God's sake, cousin. Stay till all come in. But in pass. I come with gracious offers from the king. So, Walter Blunt, welcome. And would to God you were of our determination. God defend, but still I should stand so. So long as out of limit and true rule you stand against anointed majesty. But to my charge. The king hath sent to know the nature of your griefs, and whereupon you conjure from the breast of civil peace such bold hostility. If that the king hath any way your good deserts forgot, he bids you name your griefs, and with all speed you shall have your desires with interest, and pardon absolute for yourself and these, herein misled by your suggestion. The king is kind. And well we know, the king knows at what time to promise, when to pay. My father and my uncle and myself did give him that same royalty he wears, and when he was not six and twenty strong. Sick in the world's regard. Wretched and low, a poor, unminded outlaw, sneaking home. My father gave him welcome to the shore. And when he heard him swear and vow to God, he came but to be Duke of Lancaster. My father, in kind heart and pity moved, swore him assistance and performed it too. Now when the lords and barons of the realm perceived my father did lean to him, the more and less came in with cap and knee. He presently, his greatness knows itself, Steps me a little higher than the vow made to my father takes on him to reform his country's wrongs. And by this face, this seeming brow of justice, did he win the hearts of all that he did angle for. I came not to hear this. Then to the point. In short time after he deposed the king, soon after that deprived him of his life, and in the neck of that tasked the whole state. Disgraced me in my happy victories, sought to entrap me by intelligence. Rated mine uncle from the council board, in rage dismissed my father from the court, broke oath on oath, committed wrong on wrong, and in conclusion 
drove us to seek out this head of safety. And withal to pry into his title, the which we find too indirect for long continuance. Shall I return this answer to the king? Not so, Sir Walter. We'll withdraw a while. In the morning, early, shall my uncle bring him our purposes. And so, farewell. I would you would accept of grace and love. And maybe so we shall. Pray God you do. How lovely the sun begins to peer above yon bosky hill. The day looks pale at his distemperature. The southern wind that played the trumpet to his purposes uh, foretells a tempest and a blustering day. And with the losers, let it sympathize. For nothing can seem foul to those who win. And now, my lord of Worcester, it's not well that you and I should meet upon the terms that now we meet. You have deceived our trust and made us doff our easy robes of peace to crush our old limbs in ungentle steel. This is not well, my lord. My liege, I do protest. I have not sought the day of this dislike. You have not sought it? How comes it then? Rebellion lay in his way and he found it. <laughs> peace, Stuart, peace. I must remember you, my lord. We were the first and dearest of your friends. It was myself, my brother and his son that brought you home and boldly did out dare the dangers of the time. But in short space, such a flood of sudden greatness fell on you, you took occasion to be quickly wooed. Forget your oath to us at Doncaster. And being fed by us, you used us so as that ungentle hole the cuckoo's bird. Use it for sparrow! Tell your nephew. The Prince of Wales doth join with all the world in praise of Henry Percy. I do not think a braver gentleman, more daring or more bold, is now alive. For my part, I may speak it to my shame. I have a truant been to chivalry. Yet this, before my father's majesty, I will, to save the blood on either side, try fortune with him in a single fight. We love our people well. Even those we love that are misled upon your cousin's part. But will they take the offer of our grace? Both he and they and you, yea, every man will be my friend again. And I'll be his. We offer fair, taken advisedly.
rule won't be accepted on my life. God befriend us. As our cause is just. My nephew must not know, Sir Richard, the liberal and kind offer of the king. Twere best he did. Then we are all undone. It is not possible, it cannot be. King should keep his word in loving us. My nephew's trespass may be well forgot. He's had the excuse of youth, and he's of blood. But all his offenses live upon my head and on his father's. We did train him on. We, as the spring of old, shall pay for all. Deliver what you will. I'll say tis so. See me down in the battle, bestride me. So, tis a point of friendship. Nothing but a colossus can do thee that friendship. Say thy prayers and farewell. I would to a bedtime, Hal, and all well. Why? Thou owest God a death. It's not due yet. I'll be loath to bed before his day. <laughs> What news? The king will bid you battle presently. There is no seeming mercy in the king. Did you beg any? God forbid. The Prince of Wales stepped forth before the king, and cousin challenged you to single fight. How short is tasking? Seemed it in contempt? No, by my soul. I never in my life did hear a challenge urged more modestly. Cousin, I think thou art enamoured on his follies. Home! Home with speed! And fellows, soldiers, friends, better consider what you have to do than I, that have not well the gift of tongue can lift your blood up with persuasion. Let each man do his best! Yeah! Hurry to hurry, sir! On horse to horse! Meet and depart! Till one drops down the Too. Let me die God keep letting out of me any no more weight than my own bowels. What? 
stand so idle here, lend me thy sword! Oh, had I pretty good meaning to breathe a while. Count Gregory never did such deeds in arms as I have done this day. I've paid Percy, I've made him sure. He is indeed, and living to kill thee! I prithee, lend me thy sword! Nay, before God, how did Percy be alive, thou gets not my sword, but take my pistol if thou wilt. Give it to me! What? Is it in the case? My house is hot, is heartless. That will sack a city. What? Is it a time for jest and dally now? That means too much. Lord John of Lancaster, go you with him. Why, my lord, unless I did flee too. I beseech your majesty. Move forward. There's your retirement to amaze your friends. I will do so. Lead him to his tent. Onward! Stick not. Thou art Harry Monmouth. Thou speaks as if I would deny my name. My name is Harry Percy. Why then I see a very valiant rebel of the name. I am the Prince of Wales. And think not, Percy, to share with me in glory anymore. Two stars keep not their motion in one sphere. Well said, Al. Come to end the one of us. And would to God thy name in arms were now as great as mine. I'll make it greater ere I part from thee. And all the budding honors on thy crest I'll crop to make a garland for my head. I can no longer brook thy vanities. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. 
This body did contain a spirit. A kingdom for it was too small a bound. And now, two paces of the vilest earth is room enough. Adieu. Could not all this flesh keep in a little life? I could have better spared a better man. Poor Jack. see thee by and by. Till then, in blood, by noble Percy lie. Sure. Yeah, and I 
That's where I killed him. Why may not he rise as well as I? Nothing confutes me but eyes and... Nobody sees me. Therefore, Sirrah, with a new wound... Come you along with me. Ill-spirited Worcester. Did not we send grace, pardon, and terms of love to all of you? A noble Earl and many a creature else have been alive this hour, if like a Christian thou hast truly borne betwixt our armies true intelligence. What I have done, my safety urged me to. Bear Worcester to the death. And Vernon too. Other offenders, we will pause upon. Did you not tell me this fat man was dead? I did. I saw him dead. Art thou alive? Thou art not what thou seems. Now that's certain. I'm not a double man, but if I've been on Jack Falstaff, then am I a Jack? There is Percy. If your father will do me any honor, so if not, let him kill the next Percy himself. I look to be either Earl or Duke, I can assure you. Why? Percy, I killed myself, and saw thee dead. Is thou? Lord, Lord, how this world is given to lying. I grant you, I was down and out of breath, and so was he, but we rose both at an instant and fought a long hour by Shrewsbury clock. If I may be believed, so. If not, let them that should reward valor bear the sin upon their own heads. I'll take it upon my death, I gave him this wound in the thigh. If the man were alive and would deny it zoons, I would make him eat a piece of my sword. This is the strangest tale that ever I heard. This is the strangest fellow, Brother John. nobly on your back for my part if a lie may do thee grace I'll gild it with the happiest terms I have <sighs> come brother let us to the highest of the field 
to see what friends are living, who are dead. Full bravely hast thou flesh thy maiden sword. I do grow great. I'll grow less for I'll purge and leave sack and live cleanly as a noble man should do. How goes the field? The day is <laughs> Thus ever did rebellion find rebuke. Rebellion? In this land shall lose his sway, meeting the check of such another day. a second opportunity to see this programme tomorrow night at nine over on BBC Four. And Henry the Fourth Part Two will be here on BBC Two and BBC HD next Saturday at the earlier time of eight. More details in just a moment. Next, Jeremy Irons on the Henrys, Shakespeare Uncovered. Thank you for listening to this episode of All Things Plantagenet. Remember, we also have a website, www.allthingsplantagenet.com, where you can find additional information and resources, as well as the other episodes. Thank you for listening, and have a great day.